block click clicks and hey all right we're up everything's up i got the compressor set where i want it uh my gains adjusted i would be saying well, i'm live on youtube d live uh twitch my upload speed's like one megabyte a second, so that's not going to happen anytime soon. And until then, you're going to have to continue in to enjoy this experiment that we call the Chill Gill Thrill. And I'm happy to announce I got my first written review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I'm currently three-star with, uh, I don't know, like three ratings? <laughs> Something like that. And one review from a guy who calls himself Grifter. Or maybe he was, he might have been calling me a grifter. Maybe don't even, yeah, I think maybe he might have been calling me a grifter because the review was like two sentences. It was, uh, this guy uses wildfire hashtags to promote his podcast. Do not reward him. So, I can't remember if I've discussed the Australian or California wildfires in any of my previous episodes because I have really, really terrible memory, a very busy life. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's enough for me to be able to even put this show out. So I can't quite remember if I did discuss them or if I didn't. The reason why that's relevant is because if I had a portion of an episode that I was talking about the wildfires, wouldn't you use wildfire hashtags to promote that episode on Twitter? And in which case, even amongst the uh, woke crowd, you would think that's acceptable. That would be okay. Now, I guess I have found myself in a, a gray moral area that I, you know... Stupid me for being that short-sighted, but I thought that if you were a hobbyist podcaster, you're on like no budget, basically. You you have no sponsors. You're just completely producing it 100% by yourself. You're not even getting any outside help. Hell, I don't even have guests yet. You, I personally go through Twitter on a daily, well, not, I should be doing it on a daily basis. I should have bots really set up to do this but i do it the old-fashioned grassroots way of going on twitter and tweeting each and every tweet completely individually and i like to go to the trending section and see what's currently trending what people are currently at that moment discussing on twitter and then yeah i'll use that hashtag and i'll post my podcast and i'm sure it's annoying as shit to a lot of people but i i have i cannot think of a, any other way to possibly promote the podcast that and, uh, well, I do like the likes thing, you know, where you go through a blue checks tweet and, you know, give likes to the responses that you like, you know, and those are mostly, those are mostly followers. Some of them are other people like me that are uh, content creators of their own that are trying to get noticed. But, you know, you see somebody who makes a statement that like, you're not just, now, I don't believe in just going through and like, 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 to me, it needs to matter so that it's like an actual authentic um, interaction. I mean, I guess I could just go through a message just like, 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 and then any of the people who have no likes, they're going to see who liked it and they're going to click on them. Who's this? And at least they'll go to the page to check who you are and see, oh, he's got a podcast. So you, you're at least, ah, gotcha. He's, 
you just seen, you know, you know, it's like a, you know, kind of a clickbait in a, you know, but so anyway, I feel like if you do it authentic with good intentions, meaning I'll go through a verified tweet and look through comments that actually that I do like and then like them and then, you know, maybe those people will be like, well, who's this? person who liked my tweet and then you know it leads them down to the rabbit hole here on the ground floor listening to this but yeah so i you know i uh i at this point i don't think i'm gonna like go through my small catalog and sift through everything and and try to either defend myself by being like here's an episode where i'm talking about the wildfires why wouldn't i use the hashtag or just say, and that like, this is number one, it's my choice. And I was like, fuck it. I mean, who gives a fuck? I mean, I guess, I don't know. Spotify mods, if you're listening, I don't know. What do you guys think? I sure as hell don't want to piss you guys off. But I mean, really, for like a small timer that's trying to get noticed, is there really anything wrong with using trending hashtags? Or you're just simply like using that uh, trending hashtag and then trying to come up with some kind of a little, you know, hey, check out my podcast thing, post a link, and then there you go. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's... I don't know. Because I'm not that big of an asshole that I don't care about other people's perspectives and feelings on things. I mean, I, I'm the exact opposite i i am an empathetic person but i'm not trying to fall for some internet trolls bullshit either right so i mean you got to be digging down pretty low to try to dig up dirt on somebody where there's no dirt there to you know come to that conclusion he's using wildfire hashtags to promote i wish i wish i seen the you know I wish I seen the tweet, you know, because maybe I tweeted something that was kind of insensitive where it was the hashtag and it's like, you know, maybe I put something like California is burning to the ground, but, you know, who cares? Check out this podcast. I'm not saying I did, but I am half tempted to at least scroll back through my Twitter feed. But I mean, shit, if that person went out of their way to go and write a review on app on Apple's platform and he would have he would have just, you know, found this out on Twitter to begin with and you would think, you know, they would have roasted me on Twitter too. Who knows? Look at that. Almost canceled before I'm discovered. Man, it's dangerous out there in the digital landscape in 2020. I'm just a fledgling here just trying to crawl up out of the hole and these people are just like trying to stomp me into it before I even can stand on my own two feet. How lovely. How lovely. I'm really glad, though, that that is the only review right now so that anybody that scrolls through will see that. And I'm hoping that, like, the people out there that are kind of to that point where they're a little fed up with some of the, like, extreme woke-ism will just be like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give this dude a listen just because somebody told me not to. you got to love that rebel spirit. you got to love it. You know, the youth keeps the rebel spirit alive and then... You know, the old people try to pass down the wisdom, and it's a whole thing, and we don't really learn anything. And to top it all off, and this is, you know, 
we are we are a society with amnesia. I just still I'm like daily my mind is blown by the fact that we can't explain the pyramids and these ancient cultures. I mean, we have theories, we have ideas and and some are better than others and everything, but we really don't know. Like how crazy how crazy is it? I know like a lot of this stuff happened before written language and everything, but it it still seems like we can't even piece together how everything happened completely, even with all the written stuff. I guess unless you think of way back when governments were taking books and then, you know, like the whole Library of Alexandria burned and, uh, you know, the Vatican having that uh, library that's on lockdown that, you know, only a certain select few people are allowed to go into. So, yeah, I mean, we got hidden history. Like, we have a lot in history that's hidden from us. I was actually just watching. Man, I got My throat is dry, cotton mouth. I was just watching, and I don't know. This name may be so controversial that an algorithm completely deletes my podcast as soon as I say it. But I'm going to say it just to test it anyway. All right, here we go. David Icke. Okay, first of all, I I, I think his whole spin and theory on the world, his mythology, if you will, it's like a modern mythology. And that's kind of how I view it as kind of like a modern mythology. What if, oh, what if this is really how the real world works, you know, behind the scenes. And and it's very interesting to me and it's very well thought out and put together. And I was just watching, I got about 20 minutes left of this video. It was uh, from one of his live appearances from as far back as I, I think it was 2012. And the stuff he was saying in 2012, I didn't even come across, start coming across until, I mean, hell, I don't even know if I knew who David Icke was until like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. I mean, for anybody listening to this who doesn't know, doesn't know. So I got a pretty big hole in my memory from the years that I was uh, abusing opioids pretty hardcore. And that that's just a nice, light way of putting it. But yeah, so I have, you know, I have a, a large chunk period. Well, not large. I mean, kind of, you know, size is relative. But an amount of time that is a bit of a blur. And I certainly wasn't paying attention to any anything uh, like polit- political at the time or like anything IRL. That kind of sounds corny. But yeah, any anything actual happening in real life, um, you know, as far as politics and world events and stuff, I, this, is, this is a blur to me because, you know, I had my priorities screwed up and I certainly wasn't uh, listening to, you know, mainstream media much. It's barely watching movies. But anyway, that's a subject for another podcast when I actually feel like discussing it more thorough. But... Back to the David Icke thing. I, I really wish I would have came upon his stuff like back then, like 2012. And I, I know apparently he's been saying a lot of this stuff even even before then. And I'm not even going to get into the subject material of what he, he talks about. Anything further than um, if you don't know who David Icke is, 
first of all, I don't know how you would hear this podcast if you didn't, but I guess that's like, I don't even know. I shouldn't even make that assumption. This isn't a conspiracy theory podcast by no means, but he's definitely one of the major players in the conspiracy theory game. And he's basically got the theory of how our current world works, uh, you know, and, you know, without too much detail, it's, uh, Man, I don't know if I'll get in trouble for even, even for saying this. I guess as long as I say that, like, th- I'm not stating that this is what I believe or what, you know, you, ha- you have to look at this as like this is like the script of a movie. Because, see, the, the reason why I bring him up is because they should make a movie on what he's, uh, you know, saying. Um, more or less that all the elites come from a number of bloodlines that go way back thousands and thousands of years and you know they 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 pull the strings and run the world and and it's all like the banks and the governments and the churches all in cahoots it's like the you know major 3 you know yeah i mean there's more i mean there's a lot 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 way more to it than that and it's and a lot of it is like eerily like, oh God, I, you know, I hope this isn't the case because, oh, I mean, it, he, he's, he's like, if the world was really exactly to a T how David Icke explains it is, it's fucking terrifying. And so if you are looking for a good, I don't know, scary bedtime story, pop on one of his uh live conversations from you know like seven eight years ago i mean it, it's whoo it's a trip i'm telling you what it's a trip i know i don't i you know i don't think i don't think rogan's ever had david ike on i'm gonna have to look that up i don't think he ever has i don't and if he's mentioned him even rogan who famously has been into conspiracy theories and even his podcast even leaned a lot more into him, like, you know, the first half of his decade of reign versus, like, this second half. Um, but, yeah, knocking it out of the park for over 10 years, Joe. Holy shit, man. That's awesome. And the inspiration that he's given to everyone, because, like, I, I mean, this is right here what you're listening to now. is That's, like, 100% stemming from me originally starting to listen to him because what you know what I don't think I've ever uh explained is why I started listening to Joe Rogan in the first place is because this last attempt at recovery which has been successful so far at being off of uh all opioids uh three over three years now clean from them uh whenever I was first uh you know into that this spring 2017 that's when I got off it so or sometime, maybe not in 20, towards the end of 2017, I was working with a guy, I don't know, and he was, uh, he had like this, it wasn't a whole episode, but he had something playing and it was like a, it was like a, a an audio montage, I don't even know if that's like a thing, but an audio montage of, of basically like motivational speakers saying different stuff and it, like it had this two or three minute clip from Joe Rogan. And uh, it really struck a chord with me, and I kind of had knew who he was as far back as 09, like being a comedian and everything, but, uh, 
you know, news radio and everything. I've never even seen news radio, but, you know, I was aware of it at the time. But uh, it just, I, I started watching his old episodes. And a lot of them, especially uh, ones with Duncan Trussell, have been very helpful. Uh, very helpful with me in many aspects of this path to recovery. I mean, just loads and like just great monologues from like especially Duncan Trussell. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't like like how you could dislike Duncan Trussell. He just seems like such an empathetic, caring person, and maybe that you know maybe that's just like that that facade we really don't know don't meet your heroes you know not saying he's a hero by any means i don't have any celebrity heroes like or, you know i have like a celebrity idol if you will trent Reznor of nine inch nails who just got inducted to the rock and roll hall of fame this year 2020 which is very awesome congratulations and also i have a little bit of deja vu because i feel like i may have already went into this on a previous episode i don't know the episode I just posted today, which is Friday the 13th, I actually recorded, it was like yesterday or the day before. It might have been two days ago. I didn't I like I didn't even check the dates. I just realized this morning, I'm like, shit, I didn't even post that last episode. So I don't know if I want to post this one today. It's Friday the 13th. I don't know if I want to post it today or if I want to sit on it for a little bit just so I have something to fall back on if I get... Uh, super busy with work and because I know it's very important to get an episode out you know like once every seven days or at least have some kind of consistency and I you know whether or not that's super important when you're just starting out like now and it's like very small following I don't know better off uh I don't know. Like, like I, I've heard so many. I've heard it go so many different ways with podcasts. I'm just kind of like totally winging it. I'm totally winging it right now. But uh, I'm having fun doing it. I'm having. I'm having a good time doing this and putting it out. And it. It's. Uh, I don't know. It's just. It's really fun. And I've kind of like backed off on the whole idea of guests. I mean, before it was just like really, really bothering me not having guests, and now I'm just kind of like, eh. I think I can do this. I think I can definitely wing an hour a week, at the minimum, an hour a week of content and put it up. You know? You just got to have something to talk about, and that's why I like not having so much structure to this podcast that, like, like time limits. Like, it's going to be two hours. It's going to be one hour. It's got to be 20 minutes or 10 minutes. And that could be that could be messing me up. But I feel like, ultimately... That well, yeah, I, man, it's a toughie. I gotta kind of shit or get off the pot with deciding what this is gonna be become. And I mean, like, okay, I will say what I would really want this to be is definitely an, an interview podcast. Like, or maybe not. I mean, I guess yeah, you'd you'd want to like as cliche as it sounds. I would want like basically what Joe Rogan does, only it would just be a lot of different kinds of guests than what he does, you know, because I'm not a comedian. So you take the comedian things out of the equation. He's got, you know, what percentage of Joe Rogan's episodes are fellow comedians? You know, it's a pretty large percent, right? And they all come back, you know, they're kind of like his laurels that he can rest on, if you will. He can, he can always lean back on calling in a comedian. And I'm, by the way, not hating on that at all. Like, that's 
that's an ace in his in his pocket. You know, like that's that's something that he can count on to have good content on a podcast. That's like comedian podcasters obviously do so well. And even though you could argue, well, yeah, but these are doing way more numbers than them. But it's like, yeah, overall, let's be real here. They're they're doing numbers, right? I mean, compared to this, they're doing numbers. So if you're a comedian, I feel like you definitely have uh you're gonna have gift of gab and you're gonna be able to, you know, hold a conversation with a podcast and and have like little witty one liners to throw in here and there. But you know, for being comedians, when I hear him when I hear Joe like talking with friends and you know they're they're not doing a bit, right? They're just having a conversation. The one-liners and the stuff that comes out of their mouths, like Joe or the guest comedian, it's 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 nothing that I don't hear from you know just like regular people that I know, right? So, and I'm not like I'm not like trying to like I'm not trying to make a statement as if that's a good thing or a bad thing or it's you know it's not like it's just that you know that's just been my experience. So I feel like to to have a good podcast that it's you know maybe interview based is to just have a couple people with open minds and and open curious minds that are always seeking to learn new stuff even if you're like me I'm interested in stuff that's way over my uh my knowledge level right and I think in this day and age like everybody is everybody you know like everybody's fascinated with people like Elon Musk, right? But but what percentage of people truly even understand some of the stuff he says, right? And I know he's kind of an oddball because he's like this, he's a billionaire memer, right? He's a fucking billionaire memer who puts people, puts cars in space and memes on Twitter all day, right? And 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 He's always got hot takes. He's always in hot water on social media. Remember when he smoked weed on his first interview in Joe Rogan and then the stocks dipped down and they went up? He's done crazy shit like dropped the price of one of his cars to like 69420. Nice. It it just it's crazy, right? I mean, but in in all reality, like is Elon Musk like really the kind of dude who's your friend? I mean, you know, that's, you know, something you got to ask yourself when you see these people that are in the public eyes as much as someone like him. And, you know, I don't know. I'm definitely not like, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, Just trying to sound smarter than I really am. But there's something to it, right? There's got to be, there's always a motive with these people behind the microphone, right? For sure, right? Everybody's accusing Joe of, of being like CIA plant and and all this now and you know ever since the Spotify acquisition and people accuse like I've seen people online there again not me but I see people online in like Joe's uh, uh, tweets you know people accusing Mike Baker of being his CIA handler it's hilarious that's funny like that's funny stuff right but it's. I don't know. I just always like to entertain like both both sides or all sides if there's one, you know, whenever it comes to any kind of concept. I definitely like to take my mind to the place 
that's opposite of what the official, you know, narrative is. I always like to. I always like to, like, I always have to. And I don't know if that's from having ADD, like, uh, when I was a little kid, having, like, a super hyperactive imagination, you know? It's almost, you know, some, in hindsight, by the way, it's almost like in hindsight, like, some of my drug problems in the past were uh, me just trying to, like, quiet my mind for a little bit. You know, because I mean, it just fuck, it just went wild, you know, and then they put me on Ritalin when I was in middle school. And then so I I was just like, that's a weird time. Like, I don't have a lot of memory of that, but I got friends that tell me that I was like a zombie every day, pretty much. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, that's. <sighs> that could be a podcast episode. But if I was going to do something like that, I'd like to bring on like some kind of a doctor who's just like, okay, you know, look, this, you know, this is the information we have in 2020 concerning ADHD versus what we knew in, I don't know, 1990, whatever it would have been, 89, something, 89, 88. <sighs> it's been a journey to get to where I am now. It really has. So much crazy stuff. That's why I can't wait to get one of my buddies in here for an episode. Because the dynamics between me having a conversation with one of my friends, they usually end up having better recollections of the past than I do. And so they can bounce off a memory and it'll pop back up into my head and then it'll bring back so much you know, so much uh, stuff that was going on around it. It's just like it opens up a floodgate and lets stuff in. And so I'm really excited about, you know, in the future, I will get to that point where I'm bringing someone in. And yeah, it should be interesting. It should be really interesting. Also, I would like to one day travel to whatever state's closest that I can, you know, could legally take psilocybin mushrooms and then do an episode of the podcast i think that would be really cool i'm thinking like outside do that outside um definitely getting need some dynamic microphones for that though like the the rig i got going on now is not going to work for outside recording it's barely working for what i got now but i don't know it's handy if if this microphone didn't pick up so much uh background noise it would be okay. And I, from what I understand, the situation is I got a, uh, a condenser capsule instead of a dynamic capsule microphone. And the reason why I got them confused, I think I got it figured out, is because I got condenser confused with cardioid. And cardioid is a polar pattern that's basically shaped like a heart. And, and that's, uh, you know, can show you on a diagram the space where the microphone picks up the audio the best so cardioid is you know a shape and i guess i got the cardioid and condenser mixed up because a cardioid can be condenser and dynamic but a condenser can't be a dynamic because it's just two different kinds of microphones now i'm sure there's microphones out there that'll have a condenser capsule and a dynamic capsule i don't know i would just I would assume so. I don't see why you wouldn't. Uh, why you wouldn't? But I don't know. They don't. They don't always make a lot of uh, 
tweaks on microphones. It seems like they had microphones down pat several decades ago. And now it's just a matter of trying to get the best sound you can in the smallest, cheapest, uh, USB-C, you know, kind of way. Like, I think it's going, they're trying to focus on, you know, portable digital recording. And, uh, but they had, you know, the regular old school XLR professional microphone styles worked out decades ago. I mean, look at the Shure SMB7 that Joe Rogan and many, 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 many other podcasters use. That thing came out in like the 70s, I think like 1972. And it was used to record Michael Jackson's Thriller, actually, which is pretty cool. Which I think is also the number one selling record of all time still. I think, don't quote me. So I got about another 10, 15 minutes. I'm going to jump on over here to the... Oh, I got Tinder up. Hmm. Left swipe. Left swipe. Left swipe. Fake profile. Yeah, I don't pay for Tinder. I just don't... I don't think that it would be worth it. I think that would be money wasted. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see here. Anything going on today? Oh, it's Friday the 13th. Very, very unlucky. Uh, Kevin Bacon was in the original Friday the 13th, which I believe came out in like 1980. How crazy is that? Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Remember Tremors? The original Tremors, great movie. Great, like, 80s, 90s, like, cheesy kind of practical effects horror. You gotta, if you like Kevin Bacon, and you like, uh, I don't even know if you could call it horror. It wasn't that scary. But Tremors is just a funny, good time. That's what I'd call it. It's just a funny, good time. Tremors. Check it out. They ended up making like four of them, and they in all of them they try to bring back like somebody from the original story so that people have a reason to watch them. But they're they're mostly go to shit for real. After like I I I don't even know if I could recommend being like yo watch the first two because it's just like yeah the first one man they just they had it going with that first one is great but that does that, isn't that just what happens in Hollywood like. That's that's everything. Uh, the first one tends to be the better one. Soft, like at Ghostbusters, the first one was better. Now, when I was a kid, I thought the second one was better because it had more special effects going on. They had more stuff going on in the second one. That to a five or six year old, however old I was at the time, you would be like. Wow, you know, the river of slime and then the Titan, all that crazy stuff. The the they they spray the slime in the Statue of Liberty and then they like drive it with remote control uh in downtown New York or downtown Manhattan or wherever wherever it was. I haven't been to the East Coast ever. Oh, I no, that's a lie. I've been to North Carolina, South Carolina maybe. I think it was North yeah, I'm pretty sure it was North Carolina. I went there with my buddy and his uh, and his fiance to her family's house for Thanksgiving. This is when I was staying in Tennessee. I was getting clean off opiates like the second time. 
I was uh, trying to get clean, better myself. And anyway, so I couldn't make it home for Thanksgiving, but it was either like stay in Tennessee by myself or go with them to her family. I am so glad I went. They were such great people, so welcoming. They had the best food. I mean, the food was, I could go on and on about the food. It was it was phenomenal. They made this like homemade macaroni and cheese that had like, it was melted cheese, but also like had chunks in it. It was just like every form of cheese you can imagine with these like, like really hearty macaroni noodles. I mean, it was, it was really good. It was just delicious. But yeah, Ghostbusters 1 was better than Ghostbusters 2. Um, I'm pretty sure Poltergeist is better than 2 and 3. And by the way, Joe's talking about Poltergeist in, like in one of his most recent episodes. They talk about it for a little bit. I was talking about it back in October. Like literally, that's almost what the whole episode's about, I think. It was me talking, you know, because I did the whole thing back in October where I was going to try to watch a scary movie almost every day and then, like, you know, do some podcasts on some of them. I don't think it got that far. I was also supposed to do an episode that, like, talked about, like, the real true beginnings of Halloween and everything uh, uh, pertaining to that. And then never got around to it. But it's not like that stuff can't already be found in podcast form anyway, so I'm not, like... I know, you know, it is what it is. Sorry, I was like, listen, let's see if somebody's coming. Two seconds, I gotta take my headphones off and see. Good. Good, good, good. I still have a few minutes before uh, people start showing up to the studio, and then it's gonna get noisy, and I'm gonna have to cut this thing off before that happens. It's kind of, you know, that's another reason why I need the dynamic microphone. I know I've said it before. But it is what it is. Oh, there is a hostage situation uh, in Ubisoft Montreal. It's a developing story. There is a heavy police presence outside the Ubisoft office building in Montreal, Canada. So I guess they're assuming that it is. Here's a tweet. If you're making jokes about the hostage situation at Ubisoft Montreal, unfollow me. F you. Yeah, I mean, that's not funny. Here's a little video going on breaking. Dozens of people are being held hostage on the rooftop of the Ubisoft building in Montreal, Canada. This is crazy. That, like, I don't know if it's that actual studio. Oh, yeah, they really are. Holy cow. Yeah, they are being held hostage on... That is so cool, or not cool, that is, I'm not editing that out, like, that is so crazy, and what I'm, that is not cool, by the way, at all, like, that was a fucking flub, I slipped the tongue, but it is, It it's nuts, sorry, um, so there's dozens being held, uh, this is like a, a helicopter, helicopter footage of it, but yeah, they've, they've got them on the rooftop. Um, and what I was going to say when I, when I accidentally said, this is cool is, um, what's weird. And I'm not sure if it's this actual development studio. They got studios all over the world, I think, or at least like in 
United States, Canada, and like France, maybe. I don't, don't quote me on that, but Ubisoft. They're the people who make like Assassin's Creed games and uh, the Watch Dogs games. And uh, that, that reminds me of this. I don't know if it's Watch Dogs 3, or, uh, but they have this game that kind of, like it doesn't, I'm not saying it promotes anarchy and everything, but I mean kind of. Like you play as the game. I'm going to look it up. UB, Ubisoft new games see i'm pretty sure it's just like the new watchdogs but it maybe it's not it's uh what's it called what's it called crew two uh the biggest four announcements this certainly they'll mention it in here yeah yeah okay what yeah it is watchdogs legion so there was a Watch Dogs 1, Watch Dogs 2. I'm not sure if there's a 3. This new one is Watch Dogs Legion. And I know you can basically take control of anybody. So there's basically no actual NPC characters from the way I understand it. I haven't looked into it that much. But the game mechanics work in a way where you can choose anybody, even like an old granny walking down the street, and turn them into a... Well, I guess you have to call them vigilantes. I would assume you're playing as vigilantes in this game. You're some kind of like secret society vigilante, you know, hacker group, and you're trying to, uh, you know, get rid of the corruption in the world. So, what a weird parallel. I mean, this is, hmm. I, I but they, I guess they don't. I wonder what for. Uh, uh, update from 32 minutes ago. Police tactical units have arrived at the Ubisoft hostage situation. Yeah, they got full body armor. Loaded to the gills with guns. Shields. Wow. That's what happens. When, oh, I'm not going to read that tweet. That's... That's... Man, the the man, people on Twitter. I tell you what, there's there's some real what the f Jesus, some racist POSs on Twitter. Yeah, wow. I think I'm done reading that thread. Enough hate seen enough hate for the day on Twitter. Twitter is such a cesspool, really. I mean, let's just be real. All social media is just bunches of cesspools. It's just kind of, they all hit a little bit different age demographics and with overlap, of course. I mean, I'm on Facebook, but I don't even have the app installed on either one of my devices. You know, I have to go through Safari and like I have to want to be checking Facebook, check Facebook. The only thing I really interact with on Facebook is I get emails for people's birthdays. And if it's people that I know in real life, which that's what my Facebook is. It's just like my my real like who I am, you know, it's not, you know, like a promotional Facebook kind of thing. You know, like, for instance, I don't have like a page for my podcast on Facebook. I don't, I'm not even going to bother. I'm just I've been over Facebook for several years and I feel like it's going to die eventually. Um, um, but by that point, it'll, I mean, it'll, it'll probably always be around. And the reason why it won't die is because they've already made so much money and they're branching out into other things. So, I mean, Facebook, I guess, isn't really as a whole going anywhere, 
But I do feel like there's going to be a point in time where they're going to like the the social like the original thing that started Facebook isn't going to be what is their uh, breadwinner in the future. For instance, not not with all the acquisitions they're making now, with all the stuff they're buying, as long as they're spending their money right and make proper investments, um, yeah, it's going to turn out good for them. And I mean, really, when, when when it comes to people with that much money playing with money, they always seem to just get the one up in life and continue to you know, increase those numbers. And I mean, and good for them. I mean, we're in America. So, I mean, uh, you know, I guess it'd be un-American of me to, to be hating on that. So, and, oh, well, that is, I guess it for the today. I, uh, next episode will probably, uh, do an update. If I remember on this, this hostage situation, man, it's kind of, kind of crazy but that's it for today guys i gotta go peace out franker z